Hey guys, it's Nifty Q. Welcome back to another episode of The Wild Wild Web, where I look to explore the digital frontier through in-depth conversations with Web3 industry pioneers. Today, I had the pleasure of sitting with Henry the Grape, sitting member on the Council of CyberKongs, one of the most prestigious collections and communities in NFTs today. Topics we touch on in this episode include recapping the early drop days and community successes, the current best ways to access the ecosystem, Genkai drop details, and where the IP is evolving in the very near future. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Henry. Please remember, nothing you hear on the show should be construed as financial or legal advice. That's our vibe, our tribe. All right, we are live. Henry the Grape, welcome to Wild Wild Web, man. How are you feeling today? Yeah, feeling good. I was uh, on calls all day today. I was looking forward to to this, so I'm feeling good, man. The weather's nice. No complaints here. Hey, as a as a veteran as well, I wanted to really quickly shout you out here. I know Memorial Day was yesterday, uh, but but thank you for your service as well, brother. Thank yeah, thank you. Uh, I I always say like it was a it was an honor. It was it was like some of the best time of my life. So. Yeah, thank you. Do you have any other military service members that are in NFTs? I feel like that's a very small group. Yeah, surprisingly. So um, small story. When I came into Web3, uh, there was a group that that my brother and I and another guy uh, started called the Non-Fungible Idiots. And within this group of idiots, we have probably six or seven vets in, in our group. Um, it's one of the things like I say like we pride ourselves on. Uh, but interestingly enough, uh, side note, CyberKongs, we were just at VCon and we were giving away yep. a Genesis Kong. The guy that won it, this is the second year I've met him. Um, the guy that won it is a military uh, active duty, actually. And he came up to me like maybe 45 minutes before we were shutting down our booth just to say hi because he saw me last year. Um, he was so happy he could make VCon because um, whatever was happening on base, he wasn't sure that he could make it. And not only did he make it, but he won the raffle. And I was like, Oh bro, that like makes me so happy. We've been following the cyber Kongs floor too at 15 ETH. That's a hell of a giveaway for that guy. Yeah, it was a, that was a, it's funny because we were giving away VX Kongs, baby Kongs, and then a raffle for Jenny. Anybody who got into the raffle, I feel like had this idea like, Oh, I didn't get a VX or I didn't get a baby. And we're like, no, no, yeah. no, you're in the, you're in a raffle with a, I, I think in the end it turned out to be 70 people or 71 people. So like the odds were pretty good. So yeah, it was a good. 70 a good people to, to win a Genesis. That's sick. Uh, yeah. Obviously this conversation again is going to be focused around cyber Kongs and the developments that are happening now, but also kind of the history of cyber Kongs and the lore of the community and the IP and all this stuff. I, I'm super interested. I want to give a quick shout out to hash rhymes. She's one of our community members uh, here on, on in web three uh, that is super just on top of the ball. And she's always been a great defender of the cyber Kongs when it's come to like ranking projects and, and looking at the, the entire space in, in totality. But before we get there, man, I would love to, to get a quick background. Like what, when did you get into the space? How did you find NFTs and, and cyber Kongs? Yeah, 2020. So I was uh, class of 2020, but I don't think I got my first NFT till January of 21 uh, because I had been buying crypto. Uh, my brother and I were talking it was like right around Christmas, I had COVID and he's like, hey, I think we should figure out these NFTs. I had been reading about them. Um, Pranksy was doing like his punks giveaway and was super interested in, in NFTs in general, even though I had absolutely no idea really what they were. Um, 
so we just started digging in. And at that time, um, there wasn't tons of information. There wasn't nearly as many people trying to help people out. Granted, there was more people coming into to Web3, but I just remember being lost, just completely lost. And um, it was actually Pranksy's NFT boxes where I got my first NFT. Remember, collecting was, art. Was that Nifty Boxes? What, what was that called? No, it was, it was NFT boxes. He did NFT it with boxes. Carlini. Uh, Carlini yeah. was like number one Top Shots holder, Penelope's Country Club. And I just remember like, I loved the people that were in the Discord. Still was, we were clueless, man. We were just so clueless what we were doing. But we learned, a lot of us just learned in those first few months of, of 21. Um, just like, you know, listen, we all got probably wrecked in certain ways because it just happens that way. You kind of trial by fire. But we learned together and um, it was like a really exciting time that obviously a lot of us reminisce about. I can only imagine what it's like for people who were 2017, 2018 NFTs, what yeah. that time must have been like. Well, it, it wasn't as active. I, I will tell you that. Like you weren't having the activity you see now unless you were in like very small Telegram groups and things like this. It was much more based on like fungible tokens and all of that stuff. I do remember being in the office trading crypto kitties, thinking I was going to be a millionaire just breeding crypto kitties. But uh, yeah, not as much activity. Uh, so when when you see what's happening today in the market and you look at your first kind of time in, in crypto and or NFTs and you say, hey, like these Discord rooms or these kind of groups that helped us kind of f facilitate information and also source a lot of like different knowledge from around the space. Do you see that happening now, even in a bear market? Like what what, what are the similarities with, with kind of interacting with individuals? I, it has to be different, right? Like it, it's not as like, it's it's not as frothy, you know, and, and there ha there probably is like other conversations happening. But what's your experience there? Yeah, it's hard because um, as I'm like on the core team of CyberKongs, I always say I'm in the bunker. So sometimes you get to peek your head out occasionally, but I don't get to venture too far outside the CyberKongs Discord. And if I do, I'm usually going into the non-fungible idiots Discord. And those are kind of my two home groups anyway. And they've remained, granted, like bear market, they're a little bit slower than they were in 21, but they've remained chatty. Gotcha. So I hear from other people, though, like, I'm like, hey, what's it like? I pop in other discords, but I don't get to spend hours in there. And I hear from other people that it's that it has changed. Um, I think everybody's, for the most part, kind of found their team. Whatever team they align with, they're like, hey, that's where I'm parking for the day. You get people that probably float, but I, I think people have found like their home base and that they primarily probably stick to their home base because there must be something in this market that they like about that in order yeah. to kind of stick around. Just a real quick lightning question. Is there any other collections or, or projects or IP that interests you just from maybe like the outside? I know you said your head's down cyber Kongs. Is there any other collection where you're like, Oh, that they're doing some pretty cool stuff. Do you want to know something? I think one of the collections that is so underrated is Avagachi. Um, there's a lot of uh, synergy between like Cyber Kongs and Avagachi. They don't get talked about. They don't care that they don't get talked about. I mean, maybe at some level they do, but like those guys build, they've been here building. Um, I think because they're on Polygon, they don't maybe get the same degree of love as Mainnet might. Yeah. But yeah, that's a project that um, that's a project that I like. And that's not just because I have some Avagachis. It's really because I just think they've got a cool ecosystem and that they have a lot of potential.
Okay, so let's get up to the point uh, in the conversation where we're talking about cybercons. But before then, I, I do want to see like how you got here, right? Like where did we, within that combo of like finding NFTs, getting into non fungible idiots, and uh, into those first couple things, when did you find cybercons, and what drew you to that? I faded Kongs. I remember because Dude, again, I, <laughs> I faded Kongs. <laughs> I remember looking at like the OpenSea kind of feed um, when they minted on an OpenSea contract, March of 2021. And I'm just like, I was not into PFPs. Uh, I was collecting art and I was just like, oh my gosh, like what are these things? They're like mutant looking monkeys. And I didn't get it. I really didn't quite get it. Um, and yet somehow I found myself into board apes and I was like, oh, this is cool. So, uh, it was June, actually June of 21. And my brother is actually the one I credit getting me into Kongs because he called me up one day. This is back in the days of Beanie and Beanie must've been talking mm -hmm. in the pixel vault. <laughs> Beanie was talking in the pixel vault discord about Kongs. And, um, my brother called me up and he said, we, we have to get into Kongs. He said, there's something, this is babies that really just started breeding. They're around 0.1 Ethereum. Um, VX may have been announced at that point, but it was still a good month and a half, two months off. And he's like, there, there's something going on in there. And I just think it, it's good. We need to check it out. So we go into the Kongs discord. Um, I met Inverted, who was on the council of Kongs, which didn't exist at the time. And you want to know something? It was the first time keep this in mind. Like I was in gutter cats. I was in bonsais. I was in, you know, some of these other, you know, I was in cool cats, some of these other DGen projects. Um, I never caught the vibe like I caught in Kongs. And I always say like some of it, I felt like I want to make sure I perfectly clear. I have no hate towards apes. Like I know there's some people who thinks apes and Kongs or Kongs versus apes. Like maybe it existed with certain people at certain times, but personally speaking, their community manager is a friend of mine. I have lots of friends that are apes. I tried really hard within the apes discord to kind of like, I, I feel like I was trying to fit in and I just didn't feel like I like, dude, I don't feel like people ever really responded to me and that's no hate. It was just a different, it was just a slightly different vibe. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe even I'm 40. It might've been like a slightly different age group too. And um, I went into Kongs and it was, much smaller, keep in mind. Um, in June, there was still only maybe 250, 300 people in Discord. And I just remember like questions getting answered, really warm and welcoming, which I know is gonna sound like I'm saying, and apes weren't. It's just, you, you find the place that fits with what you're looking for. And there was just something about that time in CyberCongs that was just like, ooh, this is nice. Like it's, it's small, but these are some big brains. They're really helpful, they're welcoming. And there was just something about it I loved. And I um, I actually, my first Kong, I traded one of my apes for a Genesis Kong. And th that's how I got in. That was my my first jump into the jungle. And, and again, clarifying, no hate to apes, none. Yeah, no, no, no. I, so what really drew me back in, other than Hash Rhymes, of course, like talking about Kongs all the right. time, is the the whale.swoosh Twitter thread that was just kind of, I don't think it went viral, but it like made its way to my timeline. And it was talking about this like provenance of what cyber Kongs has been in the NFT industry, how they've innovated. So if you can give me like a brief rundown and, and folks that are kind of like, Hey, what is cyber Kongs? And even those that are, you know, maybe, you know, peripherally interested, like what did cyber Kongs do at the time that was so innovative? Yeah. Uh, I think a couple things in, in like the Kongs ecosystem is, is pretty diverse. Um, we're, we're sort of a tech first gaming metaverse, 
um, avatar with interoperability, but we're also like OG because we were formed from either punks or Axie whales. And so we had this community that was really the base of it was these like real gritty web three knowledgeable DGENs. And so what Cyberkongs are kind of at a 35,000 foot view, we launched in March of 2021 with 1000 Genesis Kongs, just art, nothing more than art, 1000 Kongs on an open sea contract. And our founder, Mio, who's the artist, he just put him out there having no idea that anybody would care. Um, he was a tattoo artist. It was a COVID relief project. He puts him out there, they sell out. And this community comes together. Keep in mind, Discord didn't open until two days after the sale. So it wasn't like there was, hey, guys, go to Discord. Here's the pre-sale. We're going to yeah. get you jazzed up. Jump it, through it wasn't... five hoops to get on the wait list. Yep, nothing like that. So this community starts to form. And if you go back and look at some of the old conversations, you see uh, the the conversations between devs and, um, you know, just DGENs talking about like, hey, we have this cool PFP, but there's only a thousand of them. And that's not enough. Like for people to really rock them, that's it's too small. Um, hash masks had their token for naming, uh, your, your hash mask. And I think people had this idea like, well, maybe we can do some cool stuff with a utility token. And so a little over a month after the initial sale, there was a, um, migration to a new contract. If you wanted to migrate, you didn't have to, everybody ended up doing it because this new contract was not an open sea contract and it allowed for, um, daily yield of banana, which is our utility token. And I think it was sort of, it wasn't the first utility token, but it was, it was easy. You didn't have to stake a Kong. Genesis Kongs just yield every day for 10 years from, I think, April 16th, 2021. And the Genesis Kongs were what bred the baby Kongs, which there's 4,000 of those. And so breeding wasn't in itself innovative because to your point earlier, CryptoKitties, um, I, th I think you mentioned. Um, but it was all of these things coming together at sort of this perfect time, lightning in a bottle, this cool 2D PFP art that bred the next collection, which was the 4,000 babies. And then they took that momentum and, and were like, well, what else we could, could we do with this project? Sandbox was sort of the meta at the time, metaverses. It was really starting to blow up. And, and Mio is an amazing uh, voxel artist. So they mm -hmm. came up with the first, um, we used VoxEdit. We were the first PFP project using Sandbox VoxEdit tool. And we had 15,000 VX Kongs that launched in August of 21. 5,000 of which were given to the Genesis and Baby Kongs. 10,000 were public sale. And to date, the VX Kongs are the most interoperable NFT in Web3, uh, whether it's in metaverses or gaming. I could take this combo of a bunch of different ways, but the one that I do want to get into is, you know, for those people that are interested in cyber Kongs and, and I put myself in this category, I definitely faded them early. I had a, I don't know if you know this name, but crypto lander was a guy who, yeah. Crypto lander was a guy who was in our community for a long time and was telling me, Hey, every day, cyber Kongs, you need to get a cyber. Kongs, you need to get a cyber. Kongs. I never pulled the trigger worst idea of my life, but he was, he was getting, us involved back then and telling us like, Hey, this is what you need to do. But for those people who are interested in that stuff now, what's the best way to get involved in the ecosystem? Maybe in some form of like alpha here, right? This is not financial advice, but like Genesis Kong sitting at like 14 
babies. I don't know what they're sitting at right now. VFX. Like, there's all these different ways that you could get exposure to that ecosystem or join in to to the community. What's the best, or or what are the ways to get in? Essentially, yeah, that you think it, are best. It's interesting because, to your point, you could take it a lot of different ways. And I get asked this question a lot. It's hard to answer because. Okay, Jenny's sitting at 14 or 15 ETH. That's a heavy pull for somebody, right? So not everybody's got that kind of ETH sitting around. Uh, whereas a baby is, I don't know, 1.4, give or take. And a VX is probably in like 0.35 range, give or take. So I always ask somebody or I, I, what I tell someone is, if you're looking for interoperability, if you like the idea, we have a, a game on chain on Polygon. If you like the idea of playing our game, we have a game we're developing called Conquest as well. If you want to have an interoperable asset that you can take into arcade, World Wide Web, Sandbox, um, if you want to be able to play it in certain games like um, Nifty League and Galaxy Fight Club, uh, amongst a slew of others, then VX is the way to go. If you like the idea of the 2D pixel art and the OG art from our collection, there's only 4,000 babies. So I think that's still like a cool, um, really cool... Mm -hmm limited supply and like the i say the creme de la creme is is the genesis kong but it's again it's a heavy lift it's one thing if you paid 0.01 or you paid one or even two but it's it's a heavier lift and so what i would really tell somebody right now is our next mint is coming up in july uh our next collection it'll be almost two years since we lost uh launched our last collection so for someone on the sidelines that's like i want to get into kongs genkai is the name of our next collection not to shill it but uh that is that's where we're going. Genkai. I, okay. <laughs> I'm fascinated by this because I, I feel like one, this is my first time meeting you. And you know, again, there's a lot of connections here that, that we've made, but Genkai seems to be a, a move away from the pixelated art into some form of like anime or manga type type look for the IP is, is, am I correct in that? Or is, is yeah, that the, the, where, where you guys are headed? Yeah, spot on. So uh, actually, this um, this podcast is the first um, podcast or spaces that we've done since an announcing Genkai, other than our own. So this is really like, honestly, this is like getting to dip my toes in the water a little bit to like, yeah. because I don't want to say we're pitching it. That sounds so bad. We're, we're, we're on the tour just talking about it because the reality is we haven't minted in two years. There's a lot of people that want to know about Kongs. And so, yeah. Genkai um, shifts away from the 2D pixel art and from the voxel art that kind of Cyber Kongs are known for. And, and really, as we release our content, which we have content that we're going to be releasing because sidetrack, behind the scenes for the last two years, we've been building a world. Um, we've been building a story. And this is the medium through which we're going to be releasing that content. Is that Nikea? Am I saying Niakia. that correctly? Yeah, Nia Nia Kia is our our supercontinent, and like we're excited to tell the story of Kongs, and this is this is the way we're going to tell the story is through Genkai. Well, I I know again when you're a collection, even from the 2021 era, especially I think from the 2021 era, 2020 era, whatever you find yourself in this first wave, you have to think about very heavily think about if you're going to do another collection drop. Because we've seen some projects mess that up. You know, I, I, I'm not going to, I was gang gang and I, I still am to some extent, but gutter cat in a way is kind of this like example for other projects to say, Hey, look, don't, don't mess this up. You know, don't, don't the, these secondary collections. So 
give me a little bit of your thought on you know introducing more supply to you know the 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 world of of cyberpunks yeah no it's 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 a great point and we're going to get asked that a lot um like why another collection how do you feel about another collection the reality is this um so you know projects have decisions that you have to make in the current state of web3 and there's a couple directions you can go as far as being able to to I don't want to say extend your runway because that, that makes it sound like a cash grab, but let's be real. There's two ways to go about um, keeping your treasury full. One is minting, endlessly minting, and two is a capital raise. Those are realistically two things that are on the table. And so CyberKongs launched 1,000 Genesis Kongs for 0.01 Ethereum, plus there were 10 legendaries that were sold, but, but still very small raise on the front end. Um, the baby Kongs were all bred by the community. And then the VX Kongs, wow. there were 10,000 sold for 0.07. So if you factor that Cyber Kongs probably had 800-ish ETH to deal with, give or take, I, you, you could check that number afterwards, which seems like a lot, but at the same time, we've been around for two years. Um, and we've sunk a lot of money into our community. When I say our community, we've been building assets. Um, our advanced FBX files for our VX Kongs, our 2D sprites, our metaverse lands, um, which they cost a lot to build. And so part of what we want to be able to do is introduce content. We have a really rich story to tell. Well, how do you produce that content if all of your art is either voxelized or pixelized? And and so like, while I think 2D art is super cool, I like the Jennies and the babies. Um, it's not quite the medium that we think makes sense for CyberKongs to go in the direction of. We have a pretty large following in Asia. Our artist Mio and, and founder Mio has a real affinity for Asian art. And so we have been talking about this for a long while. This isn't something we're just like, ah, how do we make money real quick? It was really, how do we introduce something in a way that doesn't feel like it's just diluting the system, but in a meaningful way that can continue to push our tech forward and bring new holders in? We still have a very small holder base considering how long we've been around. I think we're probably sitting five-ish, 6,000 active holders. We want to increase that. So while some may look at it like you're going to dilute the collection by any amount that you add mm -hmm. to the collection, which we haven't released how many we're actually going to mint, the reality is for us to turn into the, to the worldwide brand that we would like to become, it's going to take more than just the collection of 20,000 that we have right now between our VX and our 2D art. Such a great point you made on people thinking potentially that, oh, CyberKongs ran up to however many ETH the price floor was at. Well, yes, you do see some royalties from that, but it's not like the, the team is selling these at that price. The team sold them at a price below one ETH. Sometimes the example of like 0.1 ETH. So you get in this situation of like the community is prospering, which is great. That's why you have zealots that are, that are CyberKongs members. But how do you create a business model to continue? Point zero one. I mean, really, point zero one was what Genesis Kongs were. No babies were sold. And we had a 2.5% royalty. And to say all of it makes it sound like, well, then they're just doing this to raise cash. The reality is this is a thoughtful way for us to mm -hmm. expand the community while at the same time releasing um, a collection that is really going to drive the content that we make in the future. And do you know what the reality is? And I, I've just, I've realized this over the months where we've been really talking about how we're going to execute this. You're just, you're never going to make everybody happy. Like I already know 
on some of these, you know, podcaster spaces, I already know, like, uh, we're going to catch FUD from some people, it will never be enough for some people. And some people be like, no, I totally understand it when I sit here and think about what the existing CyberKongs ecosystem is. So we're, we're aiming to kind of go like middle of that road and please the majority, realizing there's some people that will have reasons to hate on it. Yeah. We're seeing that now with with a lot of collections in the bear market, right? Like when where floor prices are where they're at, that people are, you know, pretty aggressive in attacking these founders and things like this. But no, I think you make a great point about being pragmatic with trying to continue the story uh, and, and build off that story in the right way and have people be incentivized to take part in that. So no, man, I, I think you're you're spot on. When did you get involved in CyberCons? Because you said you joined the Discord, you you bought a Genesis. At what point did you get intimately involved with, you know, the day to day? So it was, um, I joined June of 21. I think I became a moderator in November of 21, but I had been somebody from the beginning that was just like really involved in the discord chatting a lot and just kind of, I would say preaching the gospel of Kongs. That was just sort of my, my funky role in the discord was talking Kongs and being friendly in November, I uh, sorry, October, I became mod December of 21. I became the community manager. And then it was like February of 22 that um, I joined the council of Kongs, which is the, the, the core team. And I think at the time, you know, we're dev heavy. So we have like, obviously me or a founder, we have a lot of big brains like Coco on there, owl our lead dev. Um, I think they, I think they needed some perspective from somebody from the community and somebody who's a little more front facing that's, that was part of what yeah. was missing on, on the team. Are you talking like specifically from a, a Western standpoint too? Uh, you know what? So most of our team is actually based in Europe. Um, oh, okay. I think I'm the only uh, person on the council that I know I'm the only person on council that's in the U S um, I think a lot of it was like a lot of the council shy. Got it's it. one thing to be behind um, a keyboard. It's another thing to go on Twitter spaces or like a podcast. And I think a lot of what they're so good at is the dev side of things. It's like, you can't put me on solidity to be a dev. It's not my game. And it's hard to take our dev and all of a sudden like plop them on Twitter spaces to have them uh, broadcast the right message that we're trying to broadcast. So I think it was just like, we need somebody a little bit more front facing, a little bit kind of high energy, a little bit crazy. And I think I filled that role. Taking that step is such a, a big moment because essentially when you start to put your face out there as a representation of the project or yada, 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 you see how that can go in a negative direction with what's happening with Kevin Rose here, even today, right? Like yeah. he, he got in trouble just, I, I think I, literally 24 hours ago for kind of throwing shade at board apes and people use him as kind of that lightning rod whenever they're talking about moonbirds. Like why, why is the moonbirds floor down? Kevin, do something. Do you ever feel like, like putting yourself out there is going to leave you open to that stuff? It, it does. And I think there's like a couple, a couple things. One again, like I'm a little bit older. I'm not old, but like, you know, I'm a little older. I'm not 18. Um, I run a business in real life. Uh, and I tend to be like an overly optimistic and positive person. So it's not, it's not as much within my character to want to bash anybody. So it's easy for me to kind of stay away from bashing people who don't deserve to be bashed. With that being said, I've become really opinionated with, with certain parts of web three. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid to go out and bash the, the people who are what I consider to be 
like the worst thought leaders that the space has. Um, I don't always name them by names, but I might give certain references to people that I'm just like, why are these like, why are these the people that we lift up? They do so little for us. And if you really look into it, they're really doing more for themselves and enriching themselves than they're ever doing to push this space forward. So I'm being more vocal on that. But also, as far as CyberKongs go, we're pretty, pretty even keeled. Like, we're not here to create enemies. I always say, like, we're the humble guardians of Web3. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. We've developed some really cool stuff like the ERC-721X. It's called the Guardian Contract. It's literally two-factor authentication on chain. It's open source. Anybody can use it. Some people do. Kyung's uh, uses it in his ecosystem. And it basically prevents any asset from just getting taken from your wallet if you are ever compromised. Mm -hmm. So like we're here to help Web3. The problem is that if you came into Web3 in 2022 and definitely in 2023, you probably don't know we exist because we don't have the loud influencers we're not out there shit posting as founders. And so we, we have to change that narrative a bit. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the momentum that I'm seeing from cyber Kongs in the most, and maybe this is just my personal anecdote, right? Like maybe it's just me like projecting this, but it feels like you guys are taking a more active role on Twitter. And it, it does suck to, to say, you know, that, that like Twitter is where, uh, you know, kind of our community interacts and therefore these shit posters and the people that are creating really nothing except drama to get people, you know, all hyped up and follow them. Those are the people that Twitter rewards. But it feels yeah. like you guys are really with with a couple of the things that I've seen, you know, most recently. The, the I'm looking at it right now. Vivian, I make sure I'm saying this right. Vivian, Tom, uh, but, but that as well as Genkai releases, as well as the the metaverse release that you guys have, like that's yeah. all awesome. So this is what's so cool about Kongs is in, in your right crypto Twitter rules um, so much of web three. I'm probably going to go down this path of just like talking nonsense, but I'll try to connect all the dots here in a minute, but, but I, I, I like that. Okay. appreciate it. I like this type of conversation because Vivian Tam, she's a, um, she's an amazing designer based out of Hong Kong world renowned. Um, she did a fashion show in New York city during New York fashion week. Cyber Kongs were part of her fashion show. I actually went there with Chuck, uh, Chuck Liddell and a couple other Kongs. So we're at New York. I'm like sitting there at like front row, New York fashion week. And I'm watching these models come down the runway in Kongs gear. And I was just like, wow, this is wicked, man. This is like wild with Chuck Liddell sitting next to me who yeah. like, he's who's Chuck. a Kong by the way, <laughs> yeah. he's Chuck and he's the nicest guy in the world. And um, she, you know, to your point on Twitter the other day, she just included Kongs in a new collection that is going to not only be on her website, but in stores. So we have these really cool, like niche things that that we're a part of because there's people that recognize like this is really cool IP here. Um, they gravitate towards it at the New York fashion show. Like Vivian Tam was wearing Kongs. I mean, you can see the picture. She's wearing a, a Kongs like blouse with three cyber Kongs on it. So it's super cool. So we have, you know, Vivian Tam, which obviously is, is great exposure for us. We have our mint in Genkai. We have whales thread that he wrote the other day, which, you know, if whale ever watches this, like was a super nice thread. He just had really juxtaposed that with Moonbirds, right? Because you could to a certain degree say like, well, Kongs, if you look at a chart, if you only look at a chart, you could look at Kongs and say, well, like, Hey, those had a 215 ETH floor price. And what are they now? 15, 14, but the reality is 
we've been building and provably we've been building. And to your point, we, we don't control that floor price. We didn't, you know, while we had a small royalty on it, we're not making money on that floor price, but we weren't sitting there canceling things left and right either. Uh, I think that's sort of that juxtaposition with Moonbirds. Again, no hate towards them. But um, I think we've had the momentum at our back over the last three three weeks, maybe the last month, mm-hmm. because our community is jazzed up for our next mint where we're releasing lore. But we were also at VCon, second year in a row, and our booth got, when I say we got mobbed, we got mobbed in, well, in an amazing way. Kong? How can you miss that Kong? I, I tell people, like, we can't get away from him. He's in my warehouse, actually. And like, as much as I would love for us to be able to do a different type of activation, people want the eight foot 3D printed uh, Kong at their event. And it was, dude, the energy there was amazing. Gary V puts on an awesome event. It's the second year we've been invited there. Mm-hmm. And I think so to go from VCon where we had amazing energy, tons of Twitter uh, exposure, our feed was blowing up to then whale, you know, four or five days later, later does a thread about us. Then we got Vivian Tam, we got our next mint. I'm just like, wow. We we couldn't have scripted a better um, a better three weeks, if if you will. It just it's 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 the gears are kind of like meshing, and it feels organic. Which a lot of times when you're looking at when collections or when projects try to strum up this like inorganic activity, to the point I look, I'm a board ape member. Like when they're when they're tweeting out board ape yacht club, and it's like every member of the the board ape yacht club's tweeting this. It's like all right, guys, like. Well, just stop. But it, it seems like super, uh, you know, organic activity over the past three or four weeks, like you're saying. So uh, specifically about Genkai, the distribution you mentioned on babies and VFX w- had a little bit to do with the Genesis holders or, you know, had something to do with like previous holders. Is there a plan to do that with Genkai or are you guys, is this like a whole new type of distribution? Well, uh, so we haven't, I'll tell you what we have released so far, as far as distribution goes. Um, Every Genesis Kong will get uh, two claims for Genkai, two free claims. Every baby Kong will get one free claim. So we know that that's 6,000 supply right there. Uh, As far as the VX Kongs go, what we've said is if you are active, and we're specifically referring to our, our game on Polygon called Play and Collect, um, if you are active in play and collect, and there will be some kind of average that will take over a certain amount of seasons, then they too will have uh, the ability to get a, a free claim. Um, and, and then we will we'll have collabs in, in a public mint, That's, uh, which we'll be releasing the details on that as well. Okay. Well, I appreciate you yeah. giving me what info you could there. Sure, uh, sure. I, I need to make sure I'm saying this correctly again, so please correct my pronunciation, but, but is it Nikea? Nia Kia. Okay. Nia Kia. So with Nia Kia, there's all these like, it's, it's essentially like an Island uh, that has all these different uh, environments, which look really cool. And I appreciate you guys like, again, going into it from a voxelized standpoint, but also showing it in different types of, of, of art essentially uh, and showing it off there. Take me a little bit into that, that world. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's deep. Um, one of our lore writers name is duck, duck, Tom. And I I'd say like, he lives in a basement and he's like a mad scientist down there concocting these stories. And by the way, like I'm a huge star Wars fan and I I'm, I'm not just like watch the movies and watch the cartoons. I read the books. So to be involved in the lore at that type of level where like you're talking about what are all of these things is, is super fun. So with that being said, uh, Nia Kia is basically, it's the world that the Kongs live on. Uh, specifically the supercontinent that Kongs live on. 
And it's made up of these different settlements or tribes. And um, these tribes, settlements, they actually have a tie back to the names of them, Senquequue, Regendo, Cabarizi. I won't bore you with all of them, but all of those tribes have a direct connection to Virunga National Park, which is in the uh, Congo in Africa. We're a big supporter of Virunga National Park and um, the gorillas there. We've donated well over a million dollars to their cause for a small project. That's a big, a, a big amount. Yes. And um, they are, when I say involved in our lore, they've been kind enough to allow us to use some of these, these names in our lore because of the tie that we have with them. And what we did is we've, what we've revealed so far is these certain sections of the map, which um, have the different tribes or settlements on them. And as time goes on, we'll start to reveal like how these things come together in, in the story itself. So that's as far as we've gone with the storytelling with the community. We've done spaces where we've read some of the uh, origin story of Kongs. But as time goes on, I think more is going to become apparent as far as like what this world is. But it's deep. It's a very deep yeah. world that we've been working on building for quite some time. One of the things that obviously Board Apes done extremely well is have the community get involved in that storytelling as well, right? Like they're building their own derivative projects or building out their own, uh, what wouldn't be canon, but lore for a lot of these codas or, or these apes or mutants. Uh, do you foresee that happening with, with your community or is that happening now with you guys? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Because you're, you're exactly right. You know, credit to what apes have done for, for Web3 the community has just really embraced what board ape yacht club is and can be and what it can do for their own brand. Um, and, and I think that's something that people should absolutely, you know, respect. So I, yeah, I hope that our community, you know, one thing that's really interesting about Kongs and, and one reason like why I'm excited to bring new people into Kongs is Kongs by nature tend to be now I'm stereotyping, but I think, in, in general, this is probably true. They tend to be a little more reserved. They tend to be a little quiet. I mean, there's times I do Twitter spaces and I'm like begging for somebody to come up and it isn't <laughs> because we don't have 150 people in spaces. It's just because like they're degening and listening versus asking to come up. Maybe they're a little bit shy. So we, we attracted at the beginning, a lot of these like major gamers, DGENs, and one thing that I think would be really cool for us to bring in is just maybe, maybe this is going to sound bad when I say more people like me, like <laughs> nor normies, uh, not yeah. that we don't have normies in, but I think those are the kind of people who can find a real affinity for a project and decide like, hey, Henry the Grape, as a great example, was just something I made up. I named my avatar Henry the Grape. I kind of gave him a backstory because it was fun. And I think if we had more of that happening and more people taking to social media with that type of content, it, it, I think people underestimate what that does to help grow a community. So, yeah, I really, really hope that, that we can take uh, some lessons from the successful people in Web3 and that, that our community can start to apply that to our project. I don't want to jump into like a DAO conversation, but it seems like this is a situation where you might be able to fund some of these things from a community proposal or just from the, the special the uh, Kong council. Is that something that could potentially be, uh, like looked at in the future is like, Hey, let's like fund some of these initiatives. You know, it's funny you say that we, we, we have a few initiatives. Um, two of them were on mainnet. One of them is on polygon. Uh, so we had in late 21, uh, an initiative called Kong's tank. It's a spin on shark tank where we were giving grants, um, to help projects launch that would ultimately give utility back to cyber Kongs. 
two projects came from that. One was Zen Apes. One was the Littles. I think at the time, if I'm being totally honest, I wasn't on council at the time, but I think at the time it was underestimated how difficult it is to not only launch your own project, but then have that project give utility or some type of value back to the other project. So like, it sounds cool, but like, that's hard to, it's, it's hard enough to have your own project. That's just successful and relevant, let alone like, Hey, we're successful and relevant. And we're going to try to apply that to your project too. Yeah, that's, that's super interesting. So one thing you guys could do, and I'm, I'm just like spitballing here. I'm thinking out loud, like you could add those projects to the lore that you're creating in a, in well, a, in a way, right? Zen apes like, in some way has kind of, I don't want to say disbanded. Okay, um, got it. But to a certain degree, I think Zen Apes is is not a hundred percent sure what they're doing. Whereas, like the Littles continues to build. Uh, we got a really good relationship with uh, Will from the Littles. But when we brought our game on Polygon, we initiated a new Kong's Tank, and it was Kong's Tank Polygon Edition. And that was, hey, we have our blockchain game called Play and Collect. It's the basis. We call it a gamified minting uh, experience. But it's, it's sort of the foundation from which a lot of what we're going to do in the future is going to come from. You can level up your VX. You can collect armor, shield, weapons in the game. And so we launched this Kong's Tank Polygon Edition, and that's where the game called Conquest that's being worked on, that's where that came from. That was a community member. And, and so that's part of, it's part of what we're doing. And I think certainly if there's other ideas that people have, we've we've been really clear. Like if you have ways to use play and collect in your ecosystem, it's like a decentralized app. Go for it. Like absolutely go for it. We, we would love for people to continue to build on top of our ecosystem. Where's the best place to go for sourcing information. Do you guys have uh, Twitter spaces now that are happening weekly or monthly? Like where, where's yeah. the best place to go and who's the best people to follow uh, when, it, when it comes to cyber if we want to get involved? Yeah, so we, first off, our website, cyberkongs.com, is a great place to go to get info. But I always say, like, come in our Discord, our mods, our team, super, super helpful. Some of the kindest people in Web3. Um, we do host regular Twitter spaces Wednesdays. We were doing it at 12 or 1 p.m. Eastern lately because one of our uh, Twitter space co-hosts is in Asia. We've been doing it closer to 11 a.m. This week... My daughter has like a, she's got like eighth grade graduation. And so I had to call off this week or at least have to delay it. So unfortunately, like this is one that is probably going to get postponed till next week. But yeah, Wednesdays is, is our normal Twitter space day. But um, the CyberKongs Discord is like, that, there's just a ton of knowledge to be had in there. I love it, man. Any, I'm going to ask you a couple of like macro thoughts on, on markets uh, or, or just like what we're doing in general, but anything specific on CyberKongs that you want to last hit on? Uh, before we make it to that combo yeah uh listen we're, we're excited for the next mint um and something that like i i know i mentioned Virunga national park but i think the space needs um more of that i know apes have a alliance with orangutan outreach which is something that cyberkongs also gave to at the beginning i wish we would see more founders step up um from that perspective giving to people who have far less because when I say we're all blessed to kind of be in this position in web three, I feel like the good needs to start outweighing the bad. Like if I see another Ben.eth um, tweet out there, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm just like, where are the people that can start to take this space forward in a meaningful way instead of just lining their own pockets? Um, but I think it's kind of on all of us to start 
policing this instead of just profiting from it. You know what? You're so right. We had a live show today and we were covering the the Crow situation, but also the Ben, the basically the Ben Dottie stuff we didn't even cover. We were like, I don't want anything to do with this. Like, I'm not even giving any airtime to it. But there there is that point where we we have a responsibility to be calling out bad actors and more apparently we need to get louder because it, it right now it it just isn't working you know like there there seems to be more maybe because it's a, a bear market and there's not as much going on i'm 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 leaving a little bit of a leash there but like yeah it just feels like we need to draw a line in the sand here you're being kind uh no and that that's the reality cuz i obviously you're you're a you're not a jerk. So you're trying to say it in a constructive way, but I, I, I think we do need to be a little bit louder about it because from the outside looking in, this is a playground that is just like a little bit gross at times mm -hmm. when, when the reality is like, man, there is so much good that happens in web three, but it just doesn't get the airtime that it deserves. Um, and so like, we need to start, I think we need to start changing that narrative in order to really help push the space forward, but I might be wrong. And maybe that stuff just gets quieted as more good things um, come up and people become aware of them. Maybe that narrative will change, but like, it, it just seems like it's been a barrage month after month after month of just nonstop, gross, repulsive thought leaders that have no business carrying the water for web three yeah well it's going to come from projects like cybercons again like building out what what you guys are building out in the right way you know so, the, so. The, it's the it's the storytelling it's it's those things will get picked up because they're interesting so broad market thoughts real quick like are we staying in a bear market for another six months year i know like this none of this is financial advice but do you what do you have your thoughts on what this bear market looks like and if we see an nft you know run that rivaled 2021 you know i've seen some some good content on twitter about you know shit coins being good because they've put uh more liquidity into the hands of nft holders and i'm like okay like i i can get on board with some of that but some of the bullish news which i even tweeted this morning in response i replied to somebody which i said i'm surprised i even said this was that there's news out of russia and china two places that i didn't think that i would have in the same sentence as being bullish for crypto um, but Russia talking about using stable coins for cross-border transactions, China, um, appearing to be way more lenient on crypto. Um, those are things that could absolutely help usher in a bull market. Uh, but, but one other thing is I think we need more than what we have right now in innovation. I think innovation is a little bit stagnant mm -hmm. and I feel like until we start to see a little bit more of that, we, we, we may be kind of sideways for a little bit. It's a lot of copy pasting that happens in this space. When people see a honeypot, they just want to just, you know, obviously create it. You saw with when you guys created Banana, it was like, what? We could create a utility token along with our NFT? Holy shit, we're going to do this over and over and over again. It just dilutes into, yeah. 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 All right, I don't want to get too negative here uh, at the end of this oh, episode because okay, this, this has been a great combo. Uh, so two separate questions I have. You can take it, at, uh, you know, wherever, whatever direction you want to. One is Asia. You mentioned, obviously, the, the Vivian Tom uh, uh, collab there that is going to be, you know, super beneficial to you guys. But also, like, in your experience, you probably, you know, have been talking with folks who live over there and who participate in those markets. And that has always been a blind spot for me, right? Like in, in 2016, 17, it was much more obvious Asia's involvement in buying Bitcoin in buying Tron in buying uh, Ethereum. But in NFTs, I was wondering in 21, like where, 
is the Asian market here? Like, I don't, I don't see any Asian projects that are launching, but that's probably my blind spot. So I'm just wondering, like, your take in general on how the Asian market gets in NFTs more, uh, and and how that that either benefits or hurts. I'm I'm sure that that can only be a, a beneficial uh, involvement there, but I've always it's always felt like there's been a blind spot uh, with with Asia for me, and I I wonder if you can add some light to it. Yeah, I, I it's certainly not the expert, right? Like, uh, I'm not from Asia. This is just from what I know from obviously what we're looking, uh, what we've been looking into doing. We've known that Southeast Asia, at least when it comes to whether it's Axis, whether it's CyberKongs, Southeast Asia, uh, Indonesia, the Philippines, those are those are crypto hotspots. They are, um, yeah, crypto hotspots. They're they're doing great down there. Uh, as you go a little bit further north, um, Japan and South Korea are are not what I say fully embracing NFTs. Like they're coming in. Make no mistake, they are coming in, uh, but they are not in in the same way that you'll find down in Southeast Asia. So there is a massive market that is yet to come into Web three. Um, and while China, I think, is in Web three in certain ways, I mean China's China's massive, right? China's uh, We've had to fight copyright infringements there, uh, trademarking uh, infringements in in China. The reality is the Asian market is it's ripe. It is it, it's ripe and it's not in Web three to the same degree that let's say the U.S. has been and and even to that matter um, Europe. So I think there is a untapped market, but it's it's coming. It's one hundred percent coming. And my last question here uh, is regarding around the kind of that that bull market question I was asking when when we potentially do see a return in the NFT market, what I've been trying to get across to a lot of folks uh, is that in my time in, in ICOs and the previous cycle, there were major, major projects that were a big part of that cycle that when the next bull run happened and you did see a run up with Bitcoin and you did see a run up with ETH and to some extent, a, a lot of other of those larger projects, there were some that didn't make it, you know, and I think some people think, hey, this, this, you know, this is cool. I don't want to throw cool cats under the bus, but like, I'll just use them as an example. Like cool cats was a, was a big project in, in 21 of surely in the NFT market uh, or NFT cycle, the, the next bull run that these are going to do well. And yeah. I wonder what your thoughts are on, on that as a whole, because we do see a lot of projects that are, I wouldn't call them underwater, but, they're pretty close uh, and, and wondering which ones you would pick out as, as going to make it not by name, but like features, I guess. Yeah, no, that's it. It's, it's like, it, it's the most valid question anybody could ask because it's what we all want to know. And so like, I think we all have our opinions on what it is. I'll certainly give you mine. Um, when you look at these projects, what, what are often considered blue chips. And I stopped getting mad at people leave, leaving like CyberKongs off their list of their tiers they're blue chips because like, I'm like, you can't hate them for what they don't know. And why don't they know? Maybe we haven't been the greatest at delivering that message because maybe our marketing has kind of sucked. Maybe our presence on social media hasn't really been up to the, uh, up to par. And so to your point, what you said earlier, like there's more of a presence, um, that, that we've had on, on, on social media. And so with that being said to me, I, I look at it and I'm like, how do you gauge a project and, and, whether it's worth holding, whether it's worth getting into, I think you have to, at least for the OG projects, take punks out of it. Cause I don't care what they've delivered. They're historic in a way that, that is, it, it just bucks the trend. So I'm like, what has the project delivered? What have they done? 
Um, and if you can't really list a whole lot in two years of what you've accomplished, what have you contributed to your community other than endlessly launching collections, if you haven't actually done something, whether it's um, a successful game, whether it's a successful community, and when I say a successful community, I mean, like, if you have people that are showing up in Discord regularly right now in this market, you're doing pretty good. If you still have people coming in wanting to know about your project on the regular, you're doing pretty good. Um, if you're getting invited out to some of the top tier conferences, you're doing pretty good. But but it's even more than that. What are you doing on chain? Like, are you a project? And, and I'll try to wrap this up to make it uh, fluid. Like, are you a Web3 project that just wants to be a Web2 brand? If so, then... If that's what you're going for as far as what you're looking for in a project, just a Web3 project that's going to become a Web2 brand, I think there's plenty to choose from. But if you're looking for a Web3 project that's going to stay true to Web3 and the Web3 ethos, to me, where I see the most of that is in the gaming side of Web3. That tends to be the faction that I find where people are more aligned with oh, this is going to sound terrible, like the purity of Web3, but but sticking to the idea of like, no, we're Web3, we're proud of it, and like we're not just using Web3 to become Web2. Like we're Why not just using... Is? Because I think the basis for Web3 gaming lies in Web3, and I think, it, I think what you find is a lot of the Web3 gaming projects are like really, really deep, knowledgeable degenerate type of people that love web three. They love the decentralization of web three and they like the culture of web three. And so I think that it tends to breed. Now, again, this is a little bit of the side of web three that cyber Kong's aligned with. So whether it's Avagachi, whether it is, you know, galaxy fight club, uh, whether it was ether orcs, when you get on these spaces and you're talking to people in some of these super spaces, you're like, Oh dude, what you're saying I, that resonates with me or what mm. you're saying that, and, and I found that a lot of what Web3 is right now, a lot of the top tier projects is just using Web3 as a way to become a Web2 brand, which by the way, I realize why there's way more revenue streams in Web2 than there are in Web3. So I get it. But at the same time, I look at some of these projects and I'm just like, but, but what is it? Like at its core, what is it? And what is it that you're delivering other than perceived value to people who are speculating? And I feel like at some point projects will be judged by what did they actually deliver? What have they actually delivered? And, and those are projects that I personally like to align with. And I'm still holding out hope for Pixel Vault, man. I really hope one day Pixel Vault <laughs> comes through with, with something. Cause I thought they were kind of in that ecosystem. Um, I've fallen out a little bit with what they're doing, but again, to, to the gotchis, to the Kongs, um, it may not always look like the sexiest thing on the face of the earth because like we aren't the shillers. We're not the major influencers, but I think in the end, I always say on our spaces, like I truly envision my grandkids playing with Kongs in the future. I really do. And that's one of the reasons I have such affinity for it is I've spent so many microtransactions on Roblox um, that I'm just like, it makes sense. And you know what? My 17 year old daughter is a Kong. Um, she bought a VX Kong with her own money. So I'm just like, there's something about it. I, I see the way that her friends look at NFTs. They think it's cool. It's a little grungy. It's a little hip. And I just think at some point, this is going to be a side of Web3 that's really going to resonate with, with the world once they understand it. Not to say that the Web3 becoming Web2 isn't going to work either. There yeah. will be success in that route too. I, I know there will be. But personally speaking, I align with, um, with the Web3 builders, the tech-first innovators. Henry, this has been a great conversation, man. I, I, I like, Dude, I could awesome. not have, I could not have put uh, that 
topic and kind of wrapping up that conversation into a better kind of way uh, in, in, in statement there. So I appreciate you a lot, man. Uh, thank you so thank much you. for hopping on today. I, I learned a lot about CyberConks. Hopefully you did at home as well. Uh, and I can't wait to follow uh, the release of Genkai, the, the metaverse you guys are creating. And I'm just, uh, I'm, I, I got schooled today on CyberConks. So I appreciate it, man. It's, it's been a long time overdue. Yeah. Hey, thank you for having me on. We always appreciate the opportunity to talk Kong. So you were awesome. Thank you. Awesome. All right, folks. See you next time.